0: Because I have experience in how to not implement a program. And that is by having middle management start a culture initiative without support from the senior leadership.
1: Hello and welcome to Masters of Comms, the podcast where transformative communication techniques straight from the pros. Over the next 20 minutes, our guest experts will share their recommendations on how to build an impactful employee advocacy strategy in the sensitive area of cybersecurity. I'm Lamar Williams, host of Masters of Comms, as well as partnership manager at Sociable. And today, I'm accompanied with our guest from Newspire, Francie Dudry, Senior Director of Content Marketing and Corporate Communications, alongside Rebecca Schlosser, Corporate Communications Coordinator. Hello, Francie and Rebecca. Welcome.
2: Hi, it's great to be here. Hello, Lamar. It's great to be here too.
1: Great to have you. So Francie and Rebecca, would you mind taking a minute to introduce yourselves to our listeners?
2: Yeah. So I'm Rebecca and my background is in email marketing operations. And I've worked at Newspire to improve our internal communication systems to support a virtual work environment. Our corporate communications team at Newspire comes from a variety of backgrounds, um, which enables us to create smooth communication channels at Newspire. And
0: I am Francie Dudry. Um, I oversee content marketing and corporate communications at Newspire. Been here for about, oh, I'd say just over a year. And I've been in the communications space for about 20 years. Um, I spent the first part of my career doing public relations, mainly for large organizations, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies. I also did a lot of internal comms. And then about five years ago, I switched over to more of the marketing communication side of things. And I've so much enjoyed it. So um, that's what I do currently at at Newspire. And the small but mighty team is me, Rebecca and one other person. So um, we do a lot with with few resources.
1: Great. Thank you so much. And before we get started on the subject of the day, could you give us maybe just a brief overview of who Newspire is and maybe a little more on your industry?
0: You bet. So, when somebody hears cybersecurity, it's like, is it firewall? Is it antivirus? What even is happening here? And the the truth is is that cybersecurity is an industry that runs the gamut. Where Newspire sits is as a managed security services provider. So what does that mean? Basically, what we do is we work with organizations and serve as an extension of their team. So the vast majority of organizations, particularly when you're talking about small, medium, mid-size. They don't have all the resources they need to monitor their environments 24-7. They don't have a security operations center or what's called a SOC, or they're not able to staff up enough to monitor. And part of the reason is because there's this massive cybersecurity talent shortage. And so finding people is, is tough. And then if you do find people, it is extremely expensive. To hire them. So, what we do is we have all the experts on hand and we support those organizations with anything they could need, like, for instance, monitoring all of their endpoints. Um, we could, we do managed detection and response, which is MDR. We can scan their environment for vulnerabilities. I can
1: imagine that there is a certain level of sensitivity that must be accounted for when simply sharing on social media. So, can you tell us your reasons for recently deploying? and play advocacy program at Newspire and actually why it was so critical for you to launch such a program.
2: At Newspire, it's really important for us to strengthen our digital culture so we can attract and retain talent within the cybersecurity industry. We're fortunate that our senior leadership team has supported our efforts to strengthen Newspire's social media presence. And they're the reason why that we're able to advocate for our brand by using our employees.
0: And I would say, you know, social media, obviously a very tricky place. Lots of crazy stuff goes on in social media. I worked for an organization that was that would look at every single social post and have to approve it before anybody put it up. And for me, that that stifles agency and creativity. And people were really put out by it. So what was the point in posting? They didn't want to go through that process. Now, granted, it was a publicly traded company, so there were certainly some concerns there. But we at Newspire are not. We are a company of around 240 individuals, and and so, these we wanted to enable these folks to feel confident, knowing that they could share their love of working here freely without worrying about any sort of repercussions. I think it the benefits certainly outweigh the risks. People want to come to an organization where they feel supported and. In order for us to create that kind of an environment, we have to give them the flexibility. I think also with this employee advocacy program, one of the things that we lacked in terms of um, branding was getting our word out there, our name out there from the employee perspective. And we didn't know how are we going to do this in a way that makes it easy for them to share stuff about Newspire without having to, you know, send an email. Hey, share this on your feed. You know, it just it's not a good experience. And so that's why. We looked at a platform like sociable that where we can put all of the posts that we would love for employees to share right there in their, in their app, and they can easily click a button and share it. And so, I think that has given them a sense of, of pride and in that they can support and promote Newspire, but also that they don't have to worry about whether or not what they're posting, you know, is sensitive.
1: That's great. That's great. And With such an important objective as this program is to your strategy, what were some of the elements that you put in place to truly engage your employees? Could you provide us maybe with some best practices and and also some of the results of what you put in place?
2: Yeah, so... I am so happy that you asked this question. When we were addressing our internal communication system and evaluating what we wanted to do with our internal communications at Newspire, we quickly realized the importance of consolidating systems for employees. Instead of having content spread out across Facebook and LinkedIn and email and chats, we decided to bring all those communication systems together into one platform that integrates the applications employees like to use. So aggregating all that content into one portal allowed us to diversify the content from employees and simplify their social media experience at Newspire, And as a result, it's simplified their employee experience as well. When thinking about how to engage employees on the platform, we looked at how technology supports the content that we have. We take full advantage of the technological capabilities of our internal cons platform to customize content to our viewers and our users. That means using audience segmentation tools to get the right content in front of the right people, creating a gamification system that rewards employees for participating in certain events and posting and sharing and creating um, a newsletter and notification system that re-engages employees when they've started to become less engaged on the platform. When we combined all of these things together, we created a positive relationship between the user and the platform. And as a result, our internal engagement skyrocketed. We actually were able to double the number of employees who viewed our internal newsletter within a couple weeks of launching this this platform.
0: It's been a huge endeavor for us, yes. we're always looking to improve, right? So one of the things that we've been doing is making sure that we do these pulse checks with employees, with our brand ambassadors, with our senior leadership team to make sure that we're doing the things that we need to do to accomplish our goals. Um, and then we can make changes. That's what's great about the platform we use because we it's very user-friendly in the sense that we can make adjustments on our end. For the most part, without having to go to the vendor to make those changes. So it's an agile approach to uh, employee communication and engagement, which I think has been super valuable for us. And I think the other thing is, this was a big change for us. And big changes are often not well received in companies, regardless of how cool it is, because people get set in their ways and they're like, oh, God. One more thing that I have to learn and do. So there's always going to be some of that resistance. And the key for us was to roll things out in phases so that it wasn't just like all at once here you go. Let's start using this platform. Let's do X, Y, and Z. Let's first just kind of get used to the fact that it's there and then we can start adding on. And then employees feel more comfortable with the platform as they ease into it versus, you know, getting smacked across the face with all this new technology.
1: You know, I would assume that you, know, you were talking about senior leadership uh, before, and I would assume their posts uh, may help also in capturing new talent, but I'm sure that that's not the only element. So when addressing a competitive domain for talent, what enables you to stand out from others in the market? And can you share a few examples of what you've done?
0: I'm so glad you asked this question because this is perhaps one of the biggest. Uh, challenges in cybersecurity. So there I alluded to at the beginning, there is a cybersecurity talent shortage across the world. I think the latest stat I saw was 2.5 million job openings in cybersecurity, all as we see the number of threats and the complexity of threats increase. So what does that tell you? That tells you, oh, my goodness, we need more people to get into cybersecurity. Here's the thing. A cybersecurity analyst, for example, they can come into an organization and command basically what they want in terms of a paycheck, right? Um, They have that selectivity that not a lot of people have or to that level. So if they come into an organization that's going to work them to the bone, has a toxic work culture, they're going to say, absolutely not. We don't want any of that. So one of the things that they look at is how does an organization talk publicly. How does it treat its employees? What are its employees saying about this organization? That is something that these folks are looking at intently. And that is why we have worked diligently with our executives to be supportive of this effort and and help amplify some of the efforts that we're doing so that we can communicate in a meaningful way what's going on internally and why folks like a cybersecurity analyst would want to come work with us. I think cybersecurity certification is also another important thing. So training certification, a lot of people won't get into cybersecurity because they're like, oh gosh, you know, I've got to have all this certification. I don't have, you know, the funding to do that. It's too hard. Or they're like, you know, dang it. You know, I was in a completely separate industry. There's no way they're going to hire me. Here's the thing for us. We look at aptitude. We don't necessarily look at, you know, they've got to check all these boxes. We're like, can they learn? And so we offer a lot of that training for folks to get up to speed and learn the industry. Uh, So I think that's that's super attractive. I can tell you a little anecdote. We have a cybersecurity analyst who uh was a carpenter before he got into this industry. I think for 8 years he was a carpenter and decided, you know what, this is something I'm really interested in and so he's been at our organization for a while now. He actually has his own YouTube channel talking about getting into cybersecurity because he's so passionate about it. So, I think this is this is a huge focus for us. This is one of the reasons why we wanted to take a stronger look and really take some deep measures in terms of addressing employee advocacy because we know that people look at what employees say about their organizations before they make a decision to apply for a job or to accept a job.
2: On top of that, we would say that there's a big push here at Newspire to be very accommodating when it comes to remote work and flexible schedules, because when the workforce changed a couple of years ago, Newspire decided to adapt with it. So we decided to kind of integrate our social media with an intranet to create a virtual water cooler environment to kind of facilitate those meaningful connections that you would receive in office through a remote work setting which has really helped our employee culture because people don't feel like they're missing out on anything because they have remote work. So that has also been a huge factor in um, retaining talent and recruiting talent is offering a remote or flexible schedule.
1: Yeah, it's actually great to see that you've built such a strong culture, a strong culture for sharing, which I find is extremely important. yet cybersecurity is really a sensitive industry. One question I would have for you is how do you mitigate against fake news or sensitive leaks from your employees?
0: It's a really good question. And uh, for us at Newspire, we are all about accuracy and transparency. Those are ideals we embrace. And we've seen that by following this strategy, we have happier, more engaged employees. A lot of times when you see folks leaking information or um, posting things that are maybe a bit off brand from what a newspire employee should be saying, um, or any employee for that matter, it's for people who are not happy with their workplace, who um, have a, an ax to grind. And this is an avenue for them to kind kind of share that out so we, we understand that. And that's why we offer also curation. So through our through our platform, which is sociable, uh, we curate news stories. So I've got someone on my team who used to work at CBS. He knows fake news versus non fake news. And he actually curates all the news for the day. It allows for folks who were in the sociable platform to share externally those particular articles. So it's They know that, okay, if this is in the employee advocacy internal platform it's already been vetted we're good to go we don't need to be worried about hosting something that isn't that is false or untrue so I think that gives employees a, an added level of security and knowing what they're posting is above board
2: and when it comes to internal security for our systems at newspire our teams are highly collaborative so Francie and I on the corporate communication side we've collaborated with our it and internal security teams to confirm and audit that the platform platforms that we use have been built to protect us from any potential external threat. We've also created systems that require marketing to frequently um, speak with our security teams to ensure that only certain employees have the correct information that they need. So somebody who might be higher up might not necessarily need to see information for entry level employees, so stuff like that. Additionally, we always leverage single sign-on and multi-factor authentication as a company standard for all of our virtual
1: tools. That's great. And I really appreciate uh, your openness on that question. It definitely sounds like security is really something that's embedded in your organization. But now for our listeners who want to start or are launching an employee advocacy program, could you provide them with maybe your main recommendations to successfully implement a program?
0: I would be happy to because I have experience in how to not implement a program, and that is. By having middle management start a culture initiative without support from the senior leadership, tried to do it at another company. Everybody was really excited about it, but our senior leadership wasn't singing from the same songbook, if you know what I mean. So here at Newspire, our this was driven by our CEO. Our CEO, when we do updates on this program, he's the one who's asking all the questions and wants to know how things are going, and he's the one who's sending us notes about Have you thought about this or What about this or great job guys. Having that involvement and that commitment from senior leadership is critical to doing something like this. And if you don't have it, it's going to be a lot harder to get buy-in. So that would be the first one that I would say. I think the second one, and I talked about this a little bit, was to roll it out in phases and start small. Employees have a lot on their plate, especially in our industry in cybersecurity. There's a ton of different applications and technology that folks are using. So when we add one more, there's often that, oh, you know, another one. And so to avoid folks getting super overwhelmed with something that we want to be an integral part of their day to day at Newspire, we do it slowly. So we started priming the pump early, letting folks know it was coming. We did an all hands, giving an idea to folks of you know how it's going to work. We also created the brand ambassador program, and they got a sneak peek at everything, so they knew ahead of time what was coming. So then when we launched it, employees knew that they could go to brand ambassadors and be like, what What even is this? How do I do this? So it wasn't just Rebecca and, and and me like trying to manage questions from our hundreds of employees. We actually created lieutenants that could do that. So, and then we'll add new things. So we for example, we've started our new Spire Olympics and we rolled that out. We didn't do that the first day. We didn't do that the first month. You know, we get let, let people get accustomed to using it and then we added. So I would say say, take a staggered approach when you're rolling out something that's this big and something that you want to be foundational to the employee experience. And then I think this is important basically with anything you roll out is regular feedback. We often are in our own little silos. You know, we we talk to each other and Rebecca's like, yes, this is good. And I'm like, yes, this is good. And then we talk to somebody else and they're like, no, this doesn't work because of X, Y, and Z. Did you think about that? Sure didn't. So that kind of stuff helps us continue to improve and, and we, we welcome it constructive feedback. There's other types of feedback that are not so welcome. And and we get that too. But typically we'll act on the stuff that, you know, somebody has put thought into. I think sharing the roadmap across the organization is also important. So letting folks know what's coming so they understand that this isn't just some flash in the pan pan initiative that's going to go away next year. We actually have plans for the future and this is what they're going to be. And hey, by the way, what do you think of these plans? And if you have additional thoughts, let us know. So those are the top three things. So get support buy-in from our your senior leadership, roll it out in phases, and then get regular feedback.
1: Thank you. Well, we've actually arrived towards the end of our podcast. Francie and Rebecca, I would like to ask you just one last question that I enjoy asking all our guest experts on Masters of Comps, which is this. Would you mind sharing with us the title of a book or a film that had a significant impact on you recently? And just tell us why.
0: So. Lamar. I am a mother of two children. I volunteer. I, I don't read like I used to. So when I when I got this question, I was like, oh man. I'm like, how embarrassing. Like, I don't have like some like Brene Brown book that I can I can spout out to you that sounds super uh inspirational because I just don't have to I listened, I listened to a lot of like crime podcasts, quite frankly. But I will say something that had an impact was um Gaslit on stars. So if you're not familiar, you know, I'm a history geek love the political history stuff and it's about Watergate but it's through the the eyes of Martha Mitchell who was the wife of the AG at the time who was doing a lot of shady stuff and just seeing kind of that view of things was super interesting and then of course you have folks who have equated kind of our, our recent political climate as similar so it's interesting for me to kind of see the parallels there and then the differences as well and and maybe you know it's just interesting to me maybe a little bit scary but I, I geek out on that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah Similar to Francie, ironically enough, I also am a history person, but I also haven't really been reading much lately. So what I do is I binge watch TV. And so a show that I constantly binge watch is South Park. And it's on the opposite end of that political side, which is just complete absurdity. But I find that absurdity sometimes is like one of the best ways to self-reflect, especially when you're looking at the political climate of the Western world. So I would say South Park has definitely solidified itself as one of most influential satires of my lifetime. So that's my recommendation. And
0: as somebody who's lives in Colorado, I endorse that message.
1: Thank you both for joining us in responding to my questions today.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Omar. Thanks,
1: Thanks for, for having us. This was fun. This has been Masters of Columns, the podcast for transformative communication techniques straight from the pros. Follow us here to find the next episode of Masters of Columns. See you soon.